0: What's happening, everybody? On today's show, Trouble in T-Town. The Alabama quarterbacks were a mixed bag in the 8A spring game on Saturday. We'll discuss what we saw from Ty Simpson and Jalen Milrow. And LSU looks to defend their SEC West title in year two under Brian Kelly. Their quarterbacks look solid, but what about the defense? Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC. Your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today. To get started, I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at lockedonsec.com. Thank you, guys, uh, especially to our everydayers who are checking us out every single day and keep on coming back. All right, let's jump into it. Let's discuss what we saw starting in the Alabama spring game, the A Day game. The headline from Saturday I read across the internet was. Alabama quarterbacks struggle in the Alabama spring game. And it's not wrong. It was a pretty underwhelming showing from the Alabama quarterbacks. But we need to put this thing in context. The quarterbacks were not bad. I thought both Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson both had some really good moments. I would have probably said Simpson had the slightly better day overall. But Milra- Milroe did some really good things with his legs, and his last drive improved his numbers. He connected with JUCO wide receiver Malik Benson several times, uh, including a touchdown pass. But let's talk about why the takeaway is they struggled. It wasn't just the handful of interceptions from the quarterbacks. It's because of the Alabama standard. We project Alabama to be right back in the national championship conversation this season after their quote-unquote Bad season last year where they lost two losses. You know they came out with two losses. Oh my god! And they've been in a spot in recent years where they have gone from Jalen Hurts to Tua Tagovailoa to Mac Jones to Bryce Young. They just really haven't had to worry about the quarterback spot at Bama for the last handful of years because there has always been a super talented quarterback waiting in the wings, ready to take over. And it's not to say Simpson and Milrow aren't talented. They are. But the Bama standard has made us expect greatness out of that spot for the last seven, eight years. Really, you know, ever since A.J. McCarron, Blake Sims, Jake Coker, it's been this run of elite, really good quarterbacks. And so maybe it's unfair, but I was really expecting to see one of Milrow or Simpson go out there on Saturday in the spring game grabbed the bull by the horns, and sent a clear message saying, I'm the guy, and I don't think we saw that. Look, to be fair, I went back to the 2021 A-Day stats right after Mac Jones declared for the draft. Remember, he was going to the draft. The Patriots ended up taking him in the first round, but in that spring game, all eyes were on Bryce Young. Everybody was looking at Bryce Young saying, all right, what's this young kid going to do? In that game, Bryce completed 25 passes for 333 yards and a touchdown, no picks. He sent a clear message. It was not Paul Tyson, not Braxton Barker, I, Bryce Young, and the starting quarterback moving forward for Alabama. And a lot of people got excited about his potential, and we saw it play out for the past two seasons. He won a Heisman Trophy. He's likely about to be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. So that's kind of where we are. We start with both quarterbacks. On Saturday, they started the game both going three and out on their first couple of possessions. Simpson actually went four and out on the second one. He had a first down on a short catch and run and then three and out right after that. But both Milrow and Simpson threw interceptions on consecutive plays just before half. Milrow actually threw a second one on a heave to the end zone to end the half uh, by freshman Caleb Downs, who I think we're going to be hearing a lot from this season. Uh, Simpson was picked off near the goal line on a really nice play by Earl Little, and Milrow was picked off on the very next play by Christian Story. There's no doubt to me, Milrow has tremendous running ability. And I, I think, like, even if Simpson starts, I think you got to have some packages for Milrow to show his wheels. But um, Simpson actually showed he could run a little bit, too. Milrow had 13 carries for 65 yards. But after the game when Nick Saban was asked about the value of having these two quarterbacks already in the program versus a player coming in from the portal. He said, everybody needs to ask themselves, are they playing winning football? And he added that evaluations will be ongoing. I think Nick Saban's a little disappointed that one of these guys hasn't just rose to the occasion and said, I'm the guy. Again, we have to keep what we saw Saturday in context here. It was just a spring game. But Jalen Milrow completed barely 50% of his passes. 19 for 37, two touchdowns, two picks, and a rushing score. That just might be what Milrow is. Like, that was, what, that was the same kind of Milrow we saw in the a game last year. The uh, second half of the Arkansas game where he didn't really throw, but showed his running ability. Like, that just may be what Milrow is. I don't know. Will he get better from that? We'll see. And then Ty Simpson Saturday. He was just 12 of 26 passing. No touchdowns, but did have six carries for 58 yards. Uh, Nick Saban did say he was pleased with the two freshman quarterbacks, Dylan Lonergan and, and EJ or Eli Holstein. They were the number five and number six rated pocket passers in this pass recruiting class, and I thought there were a few times where they actually looked more poised than the two guys competing for the starting job. Lonergan was eight of 14 for 79 yards and a touchdown. Holstein threw an interception, so I think Lonergan may be may have put the uh, you know. Get out there. He's going to be the number three guy. Uh, But Saban said the big thing we're working on is a quarterback's ability to process what the defense is doing. And now the attention changes to, is there a quarterback out there in the portal that could be an immediate upgrade at quarterback for Alabama? Or will it be Ty Simpson or Jalen Milbrow? Again, I thought Tommy Reese tried some things. I thought we saw some different wrinkles in the offense uh, obviously, running the football a good bit. We know Alabama wants to get back to doing that. So let me run through some other players I thought stood out in this game. Um, freshman running back, Justice Haynes, led all rushers with two touchdowns. He had four four catches as well for 40 yards and a third score. Uh, Jason McClellan and Roydo Williams both had some decent runs. So I, I think, like, Bama's going to get back to ground and pound, and that's going to be their MO. The, uh, the DBs look pretty solid, Terry and Arnold. Uh, look good, who I think's poised for a big year. Malachi Moore, you know, they moved him from safety to corner. He had several sacks. I did like Kevin Steele was not afraid to bring pe- pressure throughout the spring game. Like, those quarterbacks, and, and maybe that's part of it with Milroe and Simpson, maybe why we couldn't get a real good evaluation. The Alabama defense just kept bringing it. And Malachi Moore, he led the Crimson team with nine tackles and three sacks. Caleb Downs, the freshman, he had eight tackles. As far as the wide receivers go, I thought drops were apparent. I thought Isaiah Bond and Ja'Cory Brooks had some solid catches. I mentioned Malik Benson. Emmanuel Henderson had a nice touchdown catch. I feel like right now where we are, I feel better about Alabama's defense than I do the offense coming out of this weekend. And the question is, is Bama going to get back to being what they were about seven, eight years ago, dominant defense defense dominant run game and just average to pretty good quarterback play I I don't know I mean the hope is they want Simpson or Miller one of them to really rise to the occasion and step up but pose a question what if they started Jalen Miller all year and he was just kind of that up and down gonna throw a couple touchdowns gonna throw a couple picks gonna show off his running ability Again, that might be the best Bama can get out of what they currently have on the roster. And again, maybe it's unfair. We're trying to hold them to the two uh, Mac Jones, Bryce Young standard here. Uh, But this just might be what this crop of quarterbacks is right now. Not to say they can't get better later this year. Not to say they can't get better in 2024, 2025. But I'll leave you with this. AL.com had an opinion column over the weekend after the spring game. Kevin Skarbinski, of course, uh, Bama fans will know that name, been around a while. He wrote a column that said, it is clear now this Bama team should not win a national title. So take that for what you will. I'm sure Saban loves the rat poison context coming out of that. But I think that's where we are right now. I think this Alabama team can be very good. I think the defense will be good. I think the run game will be good. I think the receivers are decent. If they can get decent quarterback play, this could be a team that goes 11-1. I don't think going undefeated is is right now in the cards. But you can win the West. You beat LSU in batter in, bat, in uh, Tuscaloosa. You win the West. You go to Atlanta, see what you look like against probably Georgia, if not Tennessee, in the SEC title game. And you know, one loss Bama is probably in the playoff. I should say they are in the playoff. That, that's this has happened multiple times before. But we'll see. Plenty of time between now and fall ball to get all this figured out and there's my thoughts on the alabama spring game maybe i'm being a little bit more optimistic than others i know a lot of people are just crapping on bama and what they saw from the quarterbacks i'm just saying maybe we don't hold these guys to the standard of excellence that we've seen out of the quarterbacks at bama in recent years all right thank you guys so much for making locked on sec your first listen every day coming up next we're gonna give our thoughts on the LSU spring game that also took place on Saturday. But first, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Look, grand slams, no hitters, double plays, they're all back. There's no better place to bet in, get in on the MLB action than FanDuel. They are America's number one sportsbook because uh, new customers can step up to the plate and get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. You just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. You place your first bet. And you get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. Tons of stuff to get in on. Uh, All the games are up there, so don't miss your chance to get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make sure after you sign up, you go download the, uh, the app, and so you'll have it on your phone for easy access. It is FanDuel. They are the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, roll along here. I want to remind you guys, Locked On's NFL Mock Draft special is here, and it's bigger than ever. Follow along, all 32 teams' first pick in a six-episode ultimate mock draft experience. Only Locked On can deliver. All episodes are available now on Locked On NFL Draft on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. All right, so we got to dive back into this thing and talk about what we saw from LSU's spring game. I don't know about you guys, but I had the... Multi-TVs going on. LSU spring game started a little bit earlier than Bama's, so I was able to focus on them, and they had both of them going when both teams were playing. But uh, reaction to what we saw in the LSU spring game. Uh, First off, whatever, the purple team tied the white team 32-32. Whatever, the score doesn't matter. Uh, Quarterback Jaden Daniels, though, he looked really good. He went 10 for 11 passing for 168 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he picked up right where he kind of left off last year. There, the other quarterback, Garrett Nussmeyer, he finished five of eight passing for 139 yards with two touchdowns of his own. Senior Kyron Lacey, he led all receivers with four catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. His long of 70 came on the opening play of the game, thrown by Jaden Daniels. Lacey had a really nice one handed grab that had all the fans at Tiger Stadium just going nuts. Uh, running back Trey Holly, their true freshman, he earned the most carries with 8 for 26, including uh, getting a, a touchdown pass from Jaden Daniels. Other highlights of the day, freshman linebacker Wit we- Weeks picked off freshman quarterback Ricky Collins, took it 55 yards to the house on a pick six. Nussmeyer also connected with wide receiver Brian Thomas on a 51-yard completion. That set up a 7-yard touchdown pass to Thomas. And on the first play from scrimmage to start the second half, Nuss found redshirt freshman Landon Ibietta over the middle for a 70-yard touchdown completion. Defensively, sophomore stud linebacker Harold Perkins, he looks solid. By the way, he switched from number 40 that he wore as a freshman last year to now jersey number four. He made a tackle for a loss at the goal line, swallowed up some running backs. He's going to be playing more inside this season rather than just strictly off the edge. We know he'll drop into coverage at times, but I would expect to see Perkins still getting after quarterbacks, maybe on third downs or something. Uh, Linebacker Omar Spates, he transferred in this offseason from Oregon State. He made some plays, showed off his speed. But here were just a few of my thoughts. I thought both quarterbacks looked more comfortable in a system that they've been in for over a year now. Jaden Daniels actually completed seven passes before he attempted his first rush of the game. A lot of people thought maybe Daniels was too quick to, you know, abandon the pass last year and take off running. Obviously nobody should take too much from the spring game, but decisiveness. That's what we saw from Jayden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer. And I thought uh, I thought both those guys look good with their decision making. And so tip of the cap to both those guys. We'll see. Can the LSU quarterback position improve even more Whoever's running it, and will we see both Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer? Keep in mind, one hit on Jaden Daniels their way from Garrett Nussmeyer being the starter. We saw both of them in the bowl game. We saw them both in the SEC championship game. And of course, it took Jaden Daniels getting hurt for Nussmeyer to come in, but Nussmeyer in that second half threw for a lot of yards on that Georgia secondary. So, uh, Pass catchers, we know Malik Neighbors will be LSU's leading receiver uh, or their number one guy again this year. You know, he kind of pushed himself ahead of Kayshawn Booty last year. So you got Malik Neighbors, but there's some real competition for who's playing alongside of him. We mentioned Kyron Lacy having a standout uh, spring game on Saturday, Brian Thomas, Chris Hilton. So LSU's got some dudes there that can uh, step up and, and be big time contributors at receiver. Defensively, I thought Texas transfer edge rusher Ovi Agofu uh, played really well during a red zone play he recorded a sack against the left tackle made a touchdown saving tackle out in space and with B.J. Ojolari off to the NFL Ovi Agofu might be a guy to uh, keep an eye on for LSU they also had another uh, transfer from Oregon uh, Braden Swinson he had a sack off the edge around uh, Emory Jones so looking for pass rushers there LSU is up front but to me, corner is the biggest concern with LSU. They got a ton of transfers again. This is the second straight year. Remember, they had Jarek Bernard, Converse, and all these transfers last year, and they kind of piecemealed the secondary together, and it worked. Well, now they're having to do that again, and they bring in transfers like Zai Alexander, Denver Harris, Deuce Chestnut, uh, J.K. Johnson, and I just didn't see much of, you know, like – Umph or wow on Saturday out of those guys. I thought sophomore LaTerrence Welsh, he had a couple of pass breakups. Their first team nickel back, Sage Ryan, he had a couple of missed tackles, but he had a couple of breakups as well. And the guy that everybody's talking about, their true freshman DB, Javen to- uh, Toviano, a lot of people think he's going to push for some early playing time. So that may be the guy, but we'll see. It's, you know, Jury is still out on LSU secondary. Can it be just as good as last year? Can it be better? I just have some big concerns there, so we'll see as we go along. Uh, One other note with LSU, their uh, returning starting kicker, Damian Ramos, and their other kicker, Nathan Dybert, they uh, both rotated at kicker. They both missed field goals of 42 and 44 before hitting a 34-yarder to tie the game on the final play. Just something to keep in mind there. You never want to bring up, you know, The kicking game, Alabama, obviously, Will Reichert is back, so they don't have to worry about that. But, you know, you don't want to find yourself in a close game in Tuscaloosa late in the year and you're having kicking issues. Remember, special teams was a big problem for LSU last year. They've made a change at special teams coordinator, so we expect to see some improvement there. But if it doesn't, there's going to be a lot of uh, griping LSU fans once again going, what do we need to do to get good special teams play? And there you have it. It's kind of just general thoughts on what we saw from LSU. Um, look, they bring back a lot, particularly on the offense. You bring back both coordinators, so there's some continuity there. They were ahead of the curve last year in winning the SEC West, beating Alabama. But we can't uh, ignore the laying an egg in College Station to finish the season last year, getting your butt whooped by a bad Texas A&M team, uh, getting run all over by Hendon Hooker and Tennessee at home in Death Valley. Uh you know, the opening week loss on the mix missed kick to Florida State, you can excuse that one, but uh, will LSU have any of those games where you just scratch your head after and go, what the heck happened in that one? If they can figure all that out, go play a good, clean game in Tuscaloosa, maybe LSU repeats as SEC West champs and find themselves back in Atlanta. We will see. And there you have it. That is uh, recapping on LSU Spring Game coming up next. We're going to go around the conference, got some uh, transfer portal news, recruiting stuff, and all that. We'll hit that in just a sec. Locked on SEC. we got a bunch of little nuggets and tidbits to jump into. So without further ado, let's get back into it. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handle. What a catch. Around the conference. And we start over at Kentucky as they picked up a big piece for their offensive line. USC transfer Cortland Ford has committed to Kentucky. He comes out of the state of Texas, where he was a member of the 2020 recruiting class. Made one appearance as a true freshman in 2021, started USC's first eight games at left tackle. And last season, he saw action in 10 games, made three starts at left tackle. Uh, USC's offensive line was named a semifinalist for the Joe Moore Award this past year. So big six foot six, three 305-pounder that could come in and contribute immediately on Kentucky's O-line. So... Cortland Ford, keep an eye on him over there at Kentucky. Over at Texas A&M, they had a, uh, what well, we talked about it last week, one of their DBs from that 2022 signing class, Bobby Taylor, had entered the portal. According to On3 Sports, Taylor has decided to withdraw from the portal and will be staying in College Station. He posted uh, his uh, Instagram story, uh, said, I don't I don't think I wanted to leave and if you judge Saturday's report, it appears whatever issues they were having with AM, and look, I don't want to just assume it was money. Hey, give me an NIL deal and I'll stay. It could have just been simply he didn't like the plan, the coach, how the coaches used him in year one, whatever. But he was a big four-star uh, DB, the number 25 cornerback in last year's class, and he is going to stay there at A&M. So we'll see uh, if that is a good thing for AM and and if he ends up playing a big role this year. Over at Alabama, they picked up a commitment for their 2024 class over the weekend. Linebacker Caden Jones out of the state of North Carolina, six foot four, 210 pounds. He's a four-star, the number two recruit from the state of North Carolina, the number 14 overall linebacker in the 2024 class. He had offers from the likes of Tennessee, South Carolina and he has committed to Alabama. So Bama will slow to get going in their 2024 class, but uh, that's their sixth commitment so far. Over at LSU, they picked up a commitment following their spring game on Saturday. Deshaun McBride, a defensive back out of the Denham Springs area just outside of Baton Rouge, committed to play for LSU. He's six foot two, 200 pounds, rated a four-star, the number seven recruit from the state of Louisiana, the number 24 safety nationally Uh, he had offers from Florida Mississippi State Ole Miss among others and his commitment to LSU came just a week after he visited on campus that gives LSU 13 commitments in their class by the way I did notice over the weekend LSU brought in the big dogs they had Joe Burrow Jamar Chase and national champion from the women's basketball side Angel Reese were all taking pictures with recruits I gotta think that might help Uh, If you got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Angel Reese taking photos with recruits, that may have helped sway their decision. So kudos to Brian Kelly calling in the big dogs there to help pull off some commitments. Over at Arkansas, they have been uh, red hot in recruiting as of late. They picked up uh, another recruit on Saturday evening, Tevis Metcalf, a three-star athlete out of the state of Alabama. He committed to Arkansas, had offers from Auburn, Colorado, and others. He's 6'10", 175 pounds, three-star prospect, the number 82 cornerback in the country. He's the cousin of DK Metcalf, of course, former Ole Miss wide receiver and NFL stud. On Friday, the Razorbacks kicked off the weekend with a trio of commitments, all from four stars, including Jaden Allen, a four-star corner out of Texas, while they... uh, couple of arkansas guys defensive lineman charleston collins and wide receiver courtney crutchfield all committed to sam Pittman. so it was a nice recruiting weekend there for the razorbacks up there in fayetteville over at florida billy napier are gonna lose a couple of experienced contributors to the transfer portal veteran edge defender antoine powell ryland took to twitter friday to announce he is entering the portal been with the program since 2020 played in 25 games Uh, Saturday, they saw wide receiver Xavier Henderson, who started 11 games last year. He entered the portal. He led the Gators in catches with 38, was third on the team in receiving yards with 410 receiving. Had uh, two touchdowns. That was tied for third on the team. Earlier this month, offensive lineman David Connor left the Gators with plans to enter the transfer portal. So Billy Napier kind of weeding things out here uh, post-spring ball. Over Georgia, redshirt freshman DB Marcus Washington Jr. announced on Saturday he is entering the portal. He had just one tackle his freshman season. That was week two against Sanford. He's the fifth Bulldog to enter the portal this offseason, joining Sean Washington, Griffin Scroggs, linebacker Ryan Davis, and Bear Alexander. And we got some news on that. Uh, Sunday evening, Georgia transfer D-lineman Bear Alexander announced he is heading to USC. He's going to go be a a USC Trojan. A little surprising that Dan Lanning couldn't get him to come up to Oregon considering he recruited him when he was at Georgia. But uh, he's buying into the Lincoln-Riley hype out there in Los Angeles. Over Tennessee, Josh Heupel added another member of their 2024 class, picking up a a commitment from three-star defensive lineman Jeremias Hurd. He's in an early evaluation by the Tennessee coaching staff. Doesn't have a lot of other offers Currently ranked as the 96th defensive lineman in the country. Also the number 95 player from the state of Georgia in this class. But that puts Tennessee now at 10 commitments. Ranking 8th nationally in the 24-7 sports composite. And lastly, a Tennessee lineman is going to explore his options. Amari McNeil has entered his name into the transfer portal. Signed with Tennessee back in December 2020 before Jeremy Pruitt got fired. He was ready to a three-star offensive tackle. So uh, he made six appearances for the Vols this past season. So we'll see where Amari McNeil ends up. And there you have it. That is the latest news going on around the conference. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Be sure to tune in later this week. We're going to be recapping some of our other biggest takeaways from spring ball. So you don't want to miss that. We're going to have some more special guests joining us along the way. And also, if you missed any of our great interviews from last week, uh, Tavius Robinson, Ole Miss defensive lineman, who's heading to the NFL Draft. He joined us. And then our exclusive interview with quarterback Auburn quarterback TJ Finley. If you missed that, I encourage you guys to go back and check those out as well. I'm Chris Gordy. Again, thank you for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers who check in with us every day. and Check out either the podcast version or the video version over on YouTube. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.